Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the 567th edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. And obviously, today's show mm. is a very sad show as we remember um, one of the one of our top writers who covered this wonderful game here in the United States, and Grant Wall, former Sports Illustrated uh, writer, Fox Sports, CBS Sports, on his uh, individually uh, doing his own platform as well. Joining me tonight um, to discuss Grant and uh, the type of person he is and he was and, you know, the writing he's done, of course, locally, Michael Lewis, uh, who has also been one of our best soccer writers here in the United States as well. And Carter Krishnaya from World Soccer Talk has known Grant uh, for as long as uh, he's known Grant and uh, been on both sides of the desk, either as a sports writer, soccer writer, as well as uh, former uh, communications officer of the North American Soccer League. And um, Michael, I want to start off with you. Friday night, this past Friday night, when the news was pouring through social media on the death of Grant Wall, what was going through your mind? And of course, being um, a member of the American soccer media what were your thoughts coming through your mind um, Friday night? Well, uh, first of all, I found out uh, someone had texted me that Grant Wall had passed away, which was astounding. I could not believe it. And it hadn't really hadn't gotten out to the media yet. Unfortunately, I was covering a sporting event at that time, and I had to concentrate on that. And I wasn't going to just put it out there because you just don't put anything out that someone died. You could be very wrong and it would be very embarrassing. Saying that, when I got the official statement, I still was stunned, did not believe what I had read. Um, you know, you, you just don't expect that to happen to someone that young. Um, and... You know, I, I guess my, my wife and I, my wife Joy and I, uh, stayed up until 1 a.m. Saturday morning talking about, uh, you know, talking about uh, Grant, and we were stunned. Yep. Um, Kardik Krishna, of course, with us once again. And Kardik, um, when the news was flooding social media, especially on Twitter, um, I was thinking the same thing Michael was. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, this, this has got to be a joke. There, there's, there's no way at all that this could ever happen to Grant Wall. Uh, you know, obviously, I mean, I don't know him that personally or closely, maybe like some others do, especially yourself. I mean, I, you've known him for a good while. I, I was shocked when all of a sudden he was pronounced dead at in Qatar for this World Cup during the Argentina-Netherlands match in the quarterfinals. Yeah, uh, Daniel, I, I like much like Michael, I got the news via text message, and um, I, um, from you know another soccer writer, and I, I didn't believe it. I said, no, that that can't be the case. And then I got on Twitter, and it wasn't there. So I thought, okay, you know, this is just some bad information this person is sending me. But why would this person send me this information and, 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 and scare me? And then within, I would say, three or four minutes, NPR, an NPR reporter confirmed the news. And, and it was, oh, my goodness. I, I mean, I, I uh, Friday night was awful. And um, I, I'll admit, and I think there was a lot of this in, in terms of American, the American soccer community, because we are a close-knit community. I know um, sports writers in general are, but, but our community is especially close and, and, and kind of small, and it's been a niche sport, and 
uh, Michael Lewis, I'm so honored to be on with him tonight because he's a guy who's take, who, who was there when it was a niche sport. And he is uh, the dean of American soccer writers, and, and he, he can understand uh, what I'm saying. It's such a close-knit community that um, it felt like losing a family member. And I, I admit I lashed out Friday night and Saturday morning. I was mad. Um, I, do, I, I don't regret because that's human emotion. I don't regret some of the things I said or put on social media, but I, um, it, it was just such a shock. And this is a, this is a guy who I would put on the pan, in the pantheon, uh, top uh, five people who've helped really grow the sport in this country, who made the, who've taken the sport from that niche I talked about to where it is today. Uh, very few like him. He was, he, he was really uh, – instrumental in the growth of this game and, and it's just it's such a tremendous loss for us and, and uh, just like Michael and yourself Daniel was just a, 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 an incredible shock to me on Friday night it really really was Michael obviously you've been with Grant Wall with every uh, U.S. men's national team home match friendly qualifier World Cup qualifier Gold Cup matches the world cup itself uh, you've graced uh, a press room with him the press box itself in every single nfl stadium college college football stadium mls stadium when what what was grant like for those of us that you know only had a sample size being with him in the same room You've had more sample sizes, obviously. You've been around this country. You've been on the road in CONCACAF, all these different areas of the World Cup, except for, of course, Qatar, obviously. But, you know, what was Grant like overall? Um, just before I answer that, I just want to say, um, I, so on Saturday, I felt I had a very sad soul, just because I think everything really sunk in that it was reality. You wake up and you, you were hoping maybe it was a, a, a bad dream or a nightmare, and it, unfortunately it wasn't. Um, yes, I had the uh, opportunity of uh, meeting Grant at the 1998 World Cup, and uh, he was excited to, to talk to a veteran journalist. And, um, and I was you know, just uh, one thing I have learned through the years, people have helped me out early on and talk to me about whatever I wanted to talk about and asking questions. And Grant and I had a great discussion. At a, I think we had a dinner together outside a train station somewhere in France. Um, I, you know, I think he was excited about talking to me. Heck, I was excited about talking to someone from Sports Illustrated. He might have been younger than me, but I don't care. Age really doesn't matter when, when, when it comes to thinking uh, about your favorite sport and some other things as well, too. Um, and I think Grant, like, understood that. Uh, probably he didn't get it from me. He probably got it from other people he spoke with that, hey, when I, when he becomes maybe a bigger name, don't forget about anyone else and, and talk to the younger generation as well, too. And I think he opened so many doors for the next several generations of writers, um, radio people, TV people pointing them in the right direction, maybe getting them jobs as well, too. Um, he, you know, he, he had a great sense of humor. Um, we uh, wound up covering, which I consider one of the epic uh, games that uh, in, in American soccer history, which really wasn't covered that much because it was a quarterfinal match at the um, – 2000 Sydney Olympics. It was in Adelaide, Australia. It wasn't on TV. And the U.S. beat Japan in penalty kicks. And there were penalty kicks at the end of the game um, before the shootout. And it was just such a dramatic game. And we knew we had something special there. Only a handful of American journalists were there. And we joked over the years, we'll always have Adelaide. I guess maybe you had to be there to understand it, but we knew we saw something special there. Um, but he, uh, you know, very, very thoughtful person, uh, you know, a, a superb writer. And I think, you know, he knew he had a, a unique platform at Sports Illustrated. Um, most of us at that time, you know, this is before the Internet exploded, 
we um, we were at newspapers, and um, it was more maybe more regionalized. Now it might be a little different, but he understood that he can make a difference, and he can go beyond um, just reporting a game, but reporting col- the culture of, of of the sport and what's happening not just on the field but off of it as well. And I think we saw that over the years in uh, reporting about and leading the way on uh, women's rights with the uh, U.S. uh, Soccer Federation, equal pay, um, what was transpiring in uh, Qatar with the uh, poor migrants who um, were forced to to build the stadiums, um, and and so many other uh, social social issues as well. So he led the way on so many things. Uh, sorry for the uh, long answer there. No, it's fine because I think we really need to really know about you know who Grant Wall has always been and where he is going. And you know, Kardec, you know. When, when you know, before I got into this business, whether it be blogging, reporting, um, podcasting, live streaming, live video streaming, whatever have you, you know, you you always go to the newsstand. You always go to the stationery store, and you go and you pick up the latest issue of Sports Illustrated, and you hope to catch a soccer article from Grant Wall being published, illustrated. And then, of course, you know, being online, as Michael said, the, the new outlets to create new content, which what Grant did after his time with uh, Sports Illustrated and Fox, News, Fox Sports, of course, now jumped, up, jumped in with CBS Sports this more, more recently. He had his own website after leaving Sports Illustrated, but for you, Cardiff, before you even jumped in, what's it like being a soccer fan, hoping and praying you get a great Grant Wall article being written by either uh, for the national team or for one of the players, either for the men's team or the women's team? So before I got involved in, uh, and I began working in the sport uh, in 2006, uh, after the 2006 World Cup, I was a fan and a big fan. And my, my window to the soccer world was Grant Wall. And, and also, I will, uh, I will say Paul Kennedy and, and Soccer America, because I, I was a subscriber and got that in the mail once a month. But that was a soccer thing, right? Reading Soccer America and reading Rich Mahoney and, and, and Paul Kennedy, uh, that was one aspect of it. But then uh, also as a soccer fan, when a Grant Wall article, when you open Sports Illustrated and there was a Grant Wall article in there, you realize uh, your sport was being represented. The sport you love was, was making it in the mainstream. And, and I think uh, one of the greatest contributions Grant Wall made was he was, and I, and I, I wrote this in, in my obituary piece for World Soccer Talk and, and also uh, a couple of the television appearances I made uh, discussing Grant's legacy. He was a missionary for this sport. He was, um, he was the person who, who, who made it possible for so many Americans who didn't understand soccer culture, who didn't understand the personalities behind the game, didn't understand some of the struggles behind the game, to really get that color and get that uh, understanding from his writing. And he turned a lot of people into soccer fans. And it started, uh, and Michael mentioned, I'm glad he mentioned the 98 World Cup in France, because that, as I mentioned, in, as I wrote in my World Soccer Talk obituary, was the first time I noticed this guy. Uh, Grant Wall, he was a young guy my age. I'm not the same age as him. And uh, it was so awesome to have this guy writing um, about soccer and Sports Illustrated. And then this incredibly gifted writer who, uh, in you know how it is in American journalism, in American sports journalism, the, the desirable beat is the New York Yankees beat, or writing about the NFL, or writing about uh, uh, USC football, right, University of Southern California football. He wanted to write about soccer. He wanted to... Uh, get, uh, get Americans to understand soccer. He was um, so instrumental in, uh, in, in, in converting people to the beautiful game and making them understand uh, the global context by which uh, um, we, we compete in this sport. And um, 
as Michael said, we'll get probably get more into this later in the hour, but uh, this, the causes he advocated for, too, were really important. But just taking my perspective from before I worked in the game, uh, Grant Wall's articles were my window to the world, my window to the, uh, to the national team, to, to so much that I, I didn't have access to otherwise because soccer wasn't being covered uh, the way it's being covered today. Very true. Um, of course, uh, from the Associated Press, uh, the incident that happened to Grant, unfortunately, uh, this is from the uh, New York City Medical Examiner Office, and uh, also conveyed by his uh, wife, Dr. Celine Gondur, the, uh, today, earlier today, Grant died from the rupture of a slowly growing, undetected, ascending aortic aneurysm with, uh, I'm going to try and pronounce this word correctly if I can, hemopericardium. She wrote on her husband's Substack newsletter, hemopericardium refers to blood in the sac that surrounds the heart. The chest pressure he experienced shortly before his death may have represented the initial symptoms. No amount of CPR or shocks would have saved him. His death was unrelated to COVID. His death was unrelated to vaccination status. There was nothing nefarious about his death. I mean, obviously, Michael, we're not and you know, we're not we're not doctors. Obviously, we're not cardiologists, even though um, I know of one. But you know, um, and hopefully, I'll get some answers from him about that, that situation. But when you hear something like that, and the, the the cries from his brother saying that he was healthy going into covering this World Cup, you know, how can something like this happen? I mean, wow, 40, 48, 49 years old. Well, I, I think his, his brother's response probably was, was very emotional at the time, and that's just a human reaction, and I can under, understand that. Uh, listen, um, we don't know what's going on in our bodies, uh, what's what's a time bomb and what isn't. I'm, I'm no doctor. As it turns out, I have three cousins who are, and, but I think they'll be the first to admit, you know, we can't have a, an, an examination every day. Um, uh, so it, it is scary as hell uh, because it could happen to anyone. We don't, again, we don't know what's happening in, in our own bodies. Um, and, you know, one thing I try to remind myself, and it's easier said than done, is try to enjoy every day because of that, uh, because you just don't know if we're going to have another day or how many days we're going to have. And I'm not philosophical right now, but um, and I know I'm talking about it now, and I know tomorrow things are going to go wrong, and I'm going to say this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me, or why, why is this not happening? Why is the, the internet working well or whatever? And I'm thinking those are just such small inconveniences in life. And I think we just have to remember to enjoy life, enjoy the moment if we can, because we're here for a short period of time. And, uh, you know, and saying that, um, Grant did do so much in his short time on earth. And I know he had so much more planned as well. Very true. You know, Kardec, as we, you know, talk about the human body a little bit, obviously, I mean, we don't know when our time is going to go, but I mean, it, it just feels like, it, it, it just feels like, you know, we were robbed of something special here with Grant, obviously, who has been, you know, with us and Michael is special as well. And, I mean, to have great reporters covering this game in this country and supporting the sport in this country, I feel like we really now have a bit of a void in that space moving forward from this. Yeah, we have a huge void. And again, I, I don't want to overstate this. I don't want to sound like I'm overstating this, but I don't know that there's a single writer uh, in – uh, American sports writing today that's made as much of an impact on pushing forward a single sport. Maybe maybe there's a Formula One writer that I don't know about, but or, or a sport like that. But I, I don't know of a single writer that's had as much of an impact in 
uh, pushing a sport into the mainstream in the United States and being there and, 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 and um, giving this context and, 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 and helping uh, to connect uh, fans and to connect uh, other media, media who doesn't cover soccer, mainstream media, uh, et cetera, with um, the sport of soccer as Grant did. And he did it in such a, uh, uh, such an ele- elegant way and, and did it in such his, – his prose was so eloquent as well. And to think that we've lost him at 48, to think about what the next 20 or 25 or 30 years could have been like for this sport. I mean, we have a World Cup we're hosting here in, in, in uh, four years. We have a Women's World Cup. Uh, next summer, we'd have a European Championships. He would have covered uh, the summer after that. I mean, I, it just—it's making me emotional now that you've asked the question that way. Because, like Michael, um, I was uh, torn up and uh, very emotional. As I said, I, I lashed out maybe more than I should have. And as I think a lot of us did, you know, we were very with a raw emotion. Um, and I—I've come to the realization that he's gone in the last couple days. But at the same time, as, match, as things progress, it gets more difficult. Even though there's the acceptance that Grant is gone, when we had two World Cup semifinals the last two, two days, and I'm looking for Grant's tweets about the game. I'm looking for Grant's uh, uh, reaction. I'm looking for, Grant, for Grant's reaction to the Burhalter Arena thing, and it's not there. Then it really, it really hits me. And I, I think that's going to happen to all of us for the next, I don't know, for the next year or two, honestly, when there's a big soccer story, uh, the void is, is incredible. Um, our job, the rest of us, to try and step up and fill that void. I, I mean, I feel a sense of duty with Grant God that I need to up my, my presence, and I think that's the case with other soccer writers I've talked to and, and people involved in the game in the last couple of days. And I absolutely agree. And, you know, I want to get your gentlemen's um, opinions about this. When the news originally broke out this past Friday, I'm, I, I don't have to tell you, Kardik. I mean, you know, I didn't want to speculate on social media when the news came out. But I think we all had visions of the Jamal Khashoggi situation, what happened to him by the Saudi Arabian prince murdering him. Um, Of course, what goes on in some of these um, Arab nations, what they do to the press, and basically you say one wrong word and and you're no longer speaking anymore. I mean, we're already seeing what's going on in Iran with uh, a national team player about to be murdered because he's defending women's rights in Iran after what happened to that poor girl because her head her head scarf was not covered or was not of, uh, of the correct way of being worn. Um, we'll go with Michael's response to that first. I mean, thankfully, it's not that. We'll go with Michael's response first and then Arctic. But, uh, I mean, you cannot be blamed, Michael, if you ever thought that way when you thought, oh, my God, this really did happen. Um, I did think that, but I am... Um a seasoned veteran journalist to know that if I'm going to do a report that cannot go into the report. Now, yes, I could, I could have put something in about Grant's brother saying it, but to me, I was trying to, even though I thought that might've happened, I kept an open mind saying, we don't know what exactly happened at the time. And I do not want to rush to judgment, uh, even though there were those, those thoughts in my mind. So I just, as a journalist, I said, keep it, as I usually do, middle of the road. And uh, sometimes people will call that boring, but to me it's don't put facts in or don't make things up that don't belong in a story unless someone else says it at a proper and put it into proper context. So, again, like I said, it it came to my mind, but I wasn't going to go past that because we just did not know the facts at the time, all the facts at the time. Exactly. I mean, Kardec, it just, I mean, I I, I mean, exactly. I, I wouldn't have made any speculation, but I did have that in the back of my head that something like that was 
part of the situation, I thought, but thankfully it wasn't. Yeah, so I, I waited about an hour. So after we knew, I waited an hour. I told, in fact, I texted uh, one soccer writer who speculated on it and told them I wouldn't do that. Um, and then another person who was a political person but knew Grant through, actually knew Grant through his wife, uh, through, through Dr. Gowder, uh, said it. And I said the same thing to him. And then Grant's brother said what he did. And then I just threw out the possibility because I, I went ahead and put it on Twitter saying, hey, um, we, have to, we have to get to the bottom of this because the Qatari government and FIFA have both been um, – they have not been transparent about things that have happened to this point. And um, what had happened to me the first couple of days of this World Cup uh, – Daniel, you know, because I think we talked about this on one of the post-game shows, was that I had I had put a thread out about on Twitter about um, about migrant deaths, and the pushback I got from people who appear to be associated with the Qatari government or uh, some, you know, about this uh, about them being lies and you know, you Westerners and, and just like really patronizing stuff. So, in the in the context of that. With that in, 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 in my mind, I thought, okay, well, we need to ask questions. We have to be, this was our friend, this was our colleague. We need to get to the bottom of it. Let's make sure the State Department gets custody, the U.S., uh, well, first the U.S. Embassy in, in, in Doha, then the U.S. State Department gets, gets involved um, and takes control of the situation. By Saturday morning, I was satisfied that that had happened. And so I backed off Saturday morning. And we talked about Grant's life and Grant's legacy. But a lot of people persisted until today talking about it. While I, I think speculation is oftentimes um, not appropriate on those venues, uh, the re- and I, for the first hour, as I said, was urging people, or two people, directly not to do it. Um, because of the, the suspicious context of this and the fact that Grant had written so many critical stories about the regime and about FIFA, this is going back – uh, to 2011, right, when he, he threatened to run against Seth Blatter uh, for president of, of FIFA, um, they're, they're just, it, it, it seemed too suspicious, and we have to ask the questions. But thankfully, that wasn't the case. Uh, but I would just re- reiterate again, guys, that the reason it became a talking point is because Qatar and um, FIFA have not been transparent. And, you know, we have things like the Khashoggi killing in, in, in our minds. We have, I covered the Asian Cup in Dubai in 2019, uh, which, by the way, Qatar won that tournament. Um, but I covered that, and it was not like covering the tour. It was, the way, even the way the facilities were, and it, it was different than covering uh, a game here in the States or, or in, in Western Europe. And, I, and, I, and truthfully, Michael has much more experience with this than, me, than I do. Uh, I had not ever covered a, a soccer match outside of uh, either the West, uh, outside of the, uh, France, you know, Britain, Germany, or the United States or Canada. Uh, uh, and it was kind of a shock to me. So the working conditions, all of that stuff's really different over there. So I had my own suspicions also because of that, not just because of the nature of those regimes, but also um, things are different there. Even like the media tents are different and you don't get proper food. Like, you don't, it, it, it's different. Yep. No, I bet it is. And I mean, look, I've only, I've only gone as far south as Florida covering the Red Bulls and, you know, most of the U.S. men's games uh, at Giant Stadium, MetLife Stadium and uh, Red Bull Arena. So that's as far as I've gone. I'm not as, uh, I don't have the funds like you guys do. But anyway, <laughs> um, still, when, when, when you see these reports and coming out, especially through social media, Michael, I mean, you have that Danish reporter in Rasmus Tanthold where he's trying to cover the World Cup for Denmark and for the local Danish news channel that he works for. And here comes three Qatarians driving in a golf cart trying to shut him down from reporting. And he's telling them, listen, you invited the world to come to cover this World Cup. You've invited us, the whole world, to come here we are allowed to film. We're in a public area. We're not, in, we're not invading your privacy, whoever's privacy. He's just out there reporting for 
Denmark and for the Danish national team. And you have three Qatarians just coming in, stopping him from filming. It's just, just, just crazy stuff going on here before even that was before the whole tournament got started. Yeah, that uh, obviously, obviously should not be happening at a World Cup or any other international soccer tournament for that matter. If you're, you know, I'm not saying tell every, tell tell the world that everything bad that's going on, but don't uh, sound like a police state that you've got to stop every journalist from either taking photos, which, by the way, Grant Wall was taking photos in the press center uh, in Doha, and uh, basically they told him not to, and eventually they, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they allowed him to, which is ridiculous. It's it's, it's a press center. Um, but, you know, if you're going to bring the media in, let us do our jobs uh, or don't have the World Cup there. And, you know, I was <laughs> I was in Switzerland in December 2010 when uh, Russia and Qatar, Qatar, I'm sorry, um, were awarded uh, the 2018 and 2022 World Cups. And uh, it was quite uh, a stunning result, no doubt about it. And um, trying to figure out why they did it. I know why it happened. There was a lot of money uh, being passed uh, <laughs> under doors, uh, literally and figuratively, to uh, various individuals. And um, But if you're going to have an international tournament, you've got to be ready for whatever criticism is going to come your way or don't have the tournament at all. Simple as that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm biased. I'm a member of the news media. Let, please let me do my job. Um, and if, if you're going to stop someone who's filming something in the middle of a city, um, you know, what else are you going to do as well? So it's uh, mm-hmm. hopefully we're not going to see that again. I fear we probably will in future uh, soccer tournaments somewhere around the world. And just to go back to what, uh, Michael said uh, what happened with to Grant Cardick. He's in the media center, and all he's doing is taking a picture of a sign about unity in, in, in the game, that we have to have unity in the game, and you know we're all equals and everything. And a security guard goes up to him in the media center to remove the picture of words, a, a slogan of the World Cup, a friendly, happy slogan that he took a picture of to be told to remove it from his camera. Uh, that is, I, I could not believe when I saw that and read that from Grant on his Twitter account. I'm thinking to myself, just a happy thought that was posted on a, on a, on a slogan, on a, you know, for, for, you know, words to be a happy time that the world cup is in Qatar and you're told to remove it off your camera. Yeah, this is the sort of thing I, I, I'm saying is different. I found different when I covered the Asian Cup in Dubai and covered the, the, the tournament for a publication uh, owned by Ricardo Silva, who owned Miami FC at the same time, and I was kind of doing both. I was working for uh, his, his, his team as the press officer and writing for this publication. And um, that's the sort of thing that happened to me. And I, I had never experienced it before because in Western Europe, in the U.S., in Canada, these things don't happen. And it was actually the Asian Federation who said you don't, they don't want to be taking pictures of things that are uh, like displays in the, in the press tent, I would call it. I wouldn't call it the media center. Now, I think in Qatar they at least have a media center because it's a FIFA event. But um, that, that uh, is shocking, right? And it's just it, – there's – Look, if you're going to, as Michael said, if you're going to invite the world in, and again, the, the, the event I'm talking about that I was at was, in, was an Asian Confederation event, in fairness. It wasn't a, it wasn't a global FIFA event. But uh, in, in the case of what happened to Grant, if you're going to invite the world in, you're going to bid on a World Cup. Michael was there in, in Zurich that day that they awarded the World Cup to Russia uh, for 2018, which shocked us, and then minutes later, the Qatar, that shocked us even more, you know, between the two of them, the double whammy, it was one of the most stunning days in the history of, of football, global football, and, um, 
yeah, if you this is the, this is the point, and this goes back to why there was all this speculation about Grant's passing and, and and some of the things that we saw on social media. If you are going to invite, you're going to make the commitment to host a, a, a tournament of this magnitude, a World Cup, and you're going to invite the world in. You have to abide by the standard that the media and the people who are involved in the game around the world are accustomed to. You have to uh, make those compromises and those sacrifices. And we saw it both in this instance with Grant and the photo, and we also saw it in the instance with Grant and the T-shirt uh, at, the, uh, at the U.S. Wales game, uh, the first match uh, of the group stage. And these are the sorts of things which tell us that um, Qatar was not a worthy host of this, a, a competition of this magnitude. Maybe they've thrown a great party in some other respects and the games have gone off uh, without, um, I mean, I, I won't say without incident, but they've, 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 they've been able to kick the ball and, and uh, progress to this stage where we're at the final. But these are the sorts of things that are always going to uh, mar any thought, not just that Grant passed away, but all this other stuff we're talking about that are going to mar my image and the image of so many other people uh, about this 2022 World Cup. Once again, this is the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show as uh, I'm joined by Michael Lewis and Carter Krishnire as we talk about the untimely deaths and the passing of uh, American sports, American soccer journalist Grant Wall who died at the World Cup in Qatar um, last this past Friday night. Um, Michael, you know, obviously it, it, it's hard to, not to see Grant tweeting or writing stories and from these next, these well, this upcoming final that's coming on Sunday and the these past two semifinals and the other quarterfinal game, and and you look ahead and there's going to be the CONCACAF Nations League games. There's going to be the CONCACAF Gold Cup games. There's going to be the uh, under-20 tournament that's going to be in Indonesia. Next year, uh, or should I say in 2024, the Summer Olympics in Paris. And then, of course, the news that came out that the United States and Mexico and Canada will be involved in the 2024 Copa America, and then, of course, the World Cup itself in 2026. There's going to be so much international soccer being played in the next three to four years. And not to have Grant in the press box for any of them, including friendlies. How do you think the mood's going to be for some of us that will be attending these games, but not not seeing him walking around in that big Smile and that balding head of his to be, uh, you know, a comfort to all of us to talk to and to have conversation and uh, dissect the American game. I think in the beginning, it's going to probably be more of a shock than anything else because we just expect him to be at every important match or event. Uh, and, you know, you just look over the shoulder and say, you know, you almost want to say, where's Grant? And then you go, oh, yeah. I forgot. Um, and, you know, just not having someone to lead the way. And as Kartik said about all, all the other writers stepping up. And I'll say this. Um, when I started out, there was just a, a handful of writers or maybe writers at various newspapers. And that's it. There was no such thing as a national soccer writer. Um, and today um, we have a lot of very good excellent soccer writers, reporters out there um, in all parts of the media. Um, I don't think there is anyone um, like Grant who had a platform uh, like he had at Sports Illustrated that he, that they can uh, make that same impact. Maybe we'll, someone will emerge. And I'm not saying, you know, I, I'm pleased, I'm not criticizing the quality of the work that's out there, oh, some of it, a lot of it is outstanding. It makes me think, and um, and I'll be the last one in the world to let you know that I think I know everything about the sport. I'm still learning every day. Um, but finding someone who has maybe those five tools 
don't ask me what the five tools are, but I'm using a baseball term, who could uh, have ignite that he did. Uh, and like I said, perhaps there'll be a, a man or a woman out there that will, uh, you know, pick up the baton and continue it. Uh, the moment I don't see anyone, but yet I think um, I would like to think there will be someone who will emerge eventually. I just can't tell you when. Kardik, um on that Friday morning on Fox Network's um, Rob Stone, who is one of the presenters for the broadcast of the FIFA World Cup on Fox, um, he tried to be as professional as he could, and he did a great job to announce the passing of Grant Wall, but you know as well as I do, and everyone did, he choked up. I th- he knew he's never going to see Grant again. He worked with Grant at Fox Sports, uh, respected Grant Wall for what he has done for this sport. Just, just to hear that emotion coming out of him, to me, symbolizes what we have all felt about Grant Wall that day. Yeah, and and, and uh, on top of that, I would add the, the rest of the Fox uh, studio team. I, I'm not sure what uh, Deuce's relationship, Clint Dempsey, was with Grant. I, I'm sure he knew. Uh, yeah, well, they, they dumped stuff at CBS recently together. So, yeah, he knew. Uh, Landon and, and, and Alexi, you could tell, were uh, really choked up. Um, I um, I even I, – I know Alexi fairly well, so – I, I sent him a note at the end of the day saying, look, I, I give you so much credit for being professional. Uh, you got through the day, and this is the guy that you've known for 20 year, 25 years and worked with and shared a studio with. And, um, and, and, and Alexi did tell me it was, it was hard, but you just have to go – you have to uh, – you, you have to uh, push through it and, and be a professional, which, which he did and which Rob did and, uh, and Landon – it, it was uh, surreal, also, because um, I, I this is just an instinctive thing again, and, and uh, Twitter is such a part of what we do now in, in, in this sport. I'm instinctively looking for Grant's tweets uh, during those games, particularly during the England France game, right? The, the Morocco uh, Portugal game, not as much. Um, but I was looking for his tweets just instinctively. Saying, I wonder what Grant, Grant's saying about this. Um, and so it was so tough for everyone. And I know um, because they did a tribute at the stadium uh, during the England-France game, it was very difficult for, uh, for John Strong and Stu Holden. They came back from halftime, and you could hear it particularly in, uh, in Stu's voice um, that this was tough. And then they have to. Then the, the match started again, and you get focused on that. But uh, yeah, I give I give the Fox crew uh, so much credit uh, for for what they did uh, that day, and that they were able to uh, to, to continue. I, I, I had actually thought maybe um, one or two of them would have a hard time uh, actually getting through the day, but they got through it. And as I said, I, I, I sent a note to Alexi uh, telling him that I, I was in awe of the fact that he was able to get through the day like that because I know how close he was with Grant. Michael, if I can throw this question to you, and obviously the day that you'll be nominated for this award from the Soccer Hall of Fame, I'd be the first one to uh, put you down as a recipient of it, but do you feel that for the upcoming class of the Soccer Hall of Fame for 2023. We all know Landon Donovan's going to be in it. We all know DeMarcus Beasley's going to be in it. There's going to be a couple members of the women's national team going to make it, a member of indoor soccer history who's going in. Do you feel that Grant Wall should be given, or at least his wife should accept, the Colin Jose Award for the Soccer Hall of Fame this up, this up, upcoming class, which will be inducted this coming summer. Uh, if the, I know uh, the National Soccer Hall of Fame doesn't always give out the Colin Joe's Award. I know you, you said Jose, but trust me, I learned the hard way too. It is Joe's, um, but um, and hopefully they will give it out. I think they should hand it, give it out every summer. 
given what um, had has occurred with Grant, um, yes, he he was on his way to becoming um, a member of the Hall of Fame and to getting that award. There was no doubt about it. And I think if there was a delay, I'd be very, very surprised. And uh, I, I hope the powers that be, I don't know the exact committee makeup, but I hope, um, you know, they... Um, make a wise decision and uh, and present that to uh, to Celine um, in May. I, I agree. I really think um, she should be there. I really believe that the Hall of Fame committee, depending whoever is in the media de- uh, category or who runs that voting in that department, um, I, I really believe they should just automatically give it to Grant to give it to his wife and hopefully as well uh, his brother will be there too to accept that award in his name um, forever. I just think it, it it's only fitting that happens. And, you know, Cardick, the last video, video interview he's done or television appearance he has done was through CBS Sports HQ online covering the World Cup uh covering the U.S. men's national team, losing to the Dutch. And he was on CBS Sports HQ online to talk about it. And that will be the last time that we'll see a picture of him, or at least of him on camera, discussing what the U.S. men's national team did in this FIFA World Cup that's about to come to an end on Sunday when Argentina takes on France. Yeah, and I, and I have to say, unfortunately, I missed that. I I, uh, I haven't watched this coverage on, on uh, CBS Sports HQ uh, during this World Cup, so that's uh, that's a pity, and that's another regret, right? You never know um, when uh, things uh, things that you take for granted uh, are going to go away. And, I, and you know, I always felt like, okay, I can catch up on this stuff after catch up on Grant's Substack, uh, which I was reading, and ca- catch up on. Uh, uh, these videos. I mean, there's a, there's a lot actually, quite frankly, from this World Cup I've missed. Uh, uh, unlike uh, the Euros two years ago or, or the World Cup four years ago, I haven't been binging on the, the bumper coverage until really until this uh, this this Berhalt Arena thing happened a couple of days ago, and I will admit I've been sucked into that. But um, yeah, that's uh, that 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 is, that is unfortunate also because I'm sure with a World Cup final. This weekend, we would have had such uh, great, colorful reporting from Grant. And, and uh, Grant had written a lot, actually, about uh, – well, he wrote a book, which included um, a chapter on Messi, by the way. And uh, uh, that book came out in uh, 2018 or 2019. Uh, and so he, he had a lot uh, – he had done a lot to cover uh, Lionel Messi. And he uh, had written a lot about France. And uh, even the French national teams kind of struggle with integrating uh, uh, people from different uh, backgrounds, different ethnic backgrounds, into this uh, this uh, this wonderful team. And, and uh, Michael, you saw it with Grant in 1998. Grant wrote about it in 2018 uh, when he was uh, also uh, at the World Cup for, uh, covering not only for SI but for uh, Fox, and he was on Fox's nightly wrap-up show. And he wrote a very nice article about France and this kind of melding this cosmopolitan squad. So, I mean, we're going to feel it this weekend not having him because he, he's covered both these teams that are in the final and written such wonderful things about the superstar that is Messi and then also the, the, the wonderful cosmopolitan squad that's kind of representing the new France, the, 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 the France of many different backgrounds. Um, so, yeah, I, um, he would have been talking about that on CBS Sports HQ for sure. Also, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty positive. Yeah, I'm pretty positive about that as well. And, and, and you know, I'll, I'll be honest, Michael. I, I when when the news really came out from NPR, AP, all the international press agencies that this is official that he did pass away and. Moving forward, I thought about not even bothering to watch the rest of this World Cup, not because the U.S. was eliminated by the Dutch, but because Grant uh, 
having the news that Grant Wall was no longer covering this World Cup due to his his untimely death, I, I, I felt for the first time that maybe I just don't want to watch the rest of this World Cup because of what happened to Grant. But obviously, you know, we love this sport and we cover this sport. We have and we are. I don't know if you felt that, if Cardiff felt that. Did you feel like, what's the point anymore now? The Grant's not around anymore? I have to admit I did not. I guess maybe because I've been addicted to the World Cup since 1982. Uh, even though it's been played in a crazy time of the year. We're, what, almost a week away from, oh, 11 days away from Christmas. Uh, but um, uh, it, I guess, like I said, it's in my DNA. Um, so, uh, you know, by the way, Kardec said that he didn't binge like he has in other World Cups. I think there's just so many media outlets out there that are in that are in the Middle East covering the event or, or away from it, covering it from afar. And there's so much to read these days about the World Cup, it's difficult to get as much information as we could. Um, but um, going back to your question, um, I have to admit, I uh, I was prepared for the World Cup to continue, but with a very, very heavy heart. Did you feel like that, Cardick? Did you feel like, I'm, I, I just can't continue to watch this World Cup because of what happened to Grant? Or you just say, no, I got to keep doing my due diligence and I got to really show or continue a professional attitude towards this. Yeah. So, so it, it was kind of interesting for me because obviously I have a, uh, I have a, I have sort of a, an interest in English football. So I basically, I think I even tweeted this that, Hey, you know, because I have such a heavy heart and I'm so heartbroken. I, I don't think I'm going to watch the, the first game today. I think I'm just going to skip it. Um, and but I, I'll be back for the for the England France game. Uh, now, as it turns out, I did watch the Portugal Morocco game. Uh, but yeah, I was feeling Saturday morning like I didn't want to watch it. And um, truthfully, if England hadn't been playing France, um, maybe maybe I would have skipped the day and then come back uh, during the semifinals. Um, but yeah, it's tough. It, it, and, and once I saw Grant was being properly honored, that was the other thing. So I I, I had this assumption that. Uh, Infantino wouldn't say anything. FIFA wouldn't do anything. Um, it would be left to us to, to lament Grant's uh, Grant, Grant passing. And the world, not, maybe not the Qatari authorities, but the world kind of embraced this. You know, I turned on CNN Saturday morning. They're talking about Grant Wall. And uh, I turned on uh, uh, CBS uh, Sunday morning. The next morning, they're talking about Grant. I turned on CNN again. They're talking about Grant. Uh, they're talking to Chris Whittingham. They're talking, and then actually, I, I should mention by Sunday morning, uh, Fox had booked me for a segment about Grant, and I was on Fox, uh, Fox the streaming service, and then I've been on News Nation now a couple times uh, talking about Grant. So uh, my assumption was he passed, and it would be us, just you know, those of us in this very tight soccer community talking about him and lamenting it. But once I saw people were embracing his legacy and people were. Uh, were showing the love they had for Grant. And, and I think so much of this, uh, Michael mentioned this at the outset, and I neglected to mention it. I, I got into this business much later than, than Michael and, and much later than Grant. And he was so good to younger colleagues or less experienced colleagues. And he was so good at, uh, and I mentioned this in my Fox, in the interview on Fox, that he um, taught a lot of us the rules of the, not, not the rules of the game, not the rules the sport, not of soccer, but like the rules of etiquette, the professionalism that was required. What kind of, what, what were the boundaries? These sorts of things, he was always there to help less experienced colleagues. He was always there, uh, even when I was the press officer of the NASL, and that's, I interacted with him a lot, obviously, in that, that period. Um, you know, kind of here are the do's and don'ts. Um, here's, here are the lines, et cetera. So um, you're talking about someone who was not only um, really impactful and good at what he did, but but was so considerate and so um, uh, uh, full of uh, of such a big heart that he was willing to help his colleagues. He was willing to help people on the other side of the desk. He was always looking out for people in the game, and I think that that's 
something that I tried to convey when I've done these media interviews about grad, and, and uh, I'm glad Michael mentioned it at the outset, and I, I, I neglected to mention it in, in this show, but that's, that's a big part of it. And that's why I was so heartbroken and thought, okay, that's all going to be forgotten. But we're all talking about that, and we're talking about that on places like CBS and Fox and NBC and, and CNN. So um, that, that's good, and that's allowed me to kind of release and, and get back to watching the World Cup as well and, and knowing that Grant's being properly honored. You know, Michael, um, the one time that we saw Grant together was in the 2015 season where – Mike Pecky was the head coach of the uh, New York Red Bulls. Of course, they he was the one that led them to their first ever Supporter Shield trophy. But before that happened, obviously, he uh, uh, he was giving a uh, introductionary uh, media and fan uh, fest in Manhattan, uh, one of the, somewhere near. The Intrepid, I think it was, maybe a little more south than that, near the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I believe it was somewhere near the Javits Center, one of those uh, piers, to uh, talk to the media. And there was Grant Wall talking to Mike Pecky, who was just all of a sudden being given the head coaching job of the New York Rebels on a permanent basis after Hans Bakke was uh, not renewed to uh, have a new contract. And, uh, you know, he was there to cover and to talk Mike Pecky and to talk to him about getting that job uh, out of nowhere. And, of course, uh, that was uh, that must have been fun for Mike to be interviewed by Grant Wall. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, one thing about Grant Wall and his interview techniques, and I try to listen to every question a journalist asks because I want to find out how they ask it and how how that question is put together. Um, Grant was not afraid of asking the tough questions. Uh, he would say it in the nicest way possible, so it didn't seem like he was being aggressive at all, but he would, to use vernacular of another sport, throwing that fastball. I've, recently, I noticed Grant was asking to the point questions. I know us sports writers, we love to go through all this long soliloquy and then ask the question, and I've done it like anyone else, but sometimes it's just good to ask the question, and the responses that he received from whether it was a coach or a player was pretty damn good, and it's something that I keep learning about all the time, but I always, like I said, like to to listen to other writers and reporters ask questions to see that, hmm, I would have asked it a different way. I wonder if I would have gotten the same response as as that writer did. But uh, Grant, um, excellent at putting together the question that would get a good response. Exactly. I want to, um, I made an error there. That was two. 2013, uh, 2015 was under Jesse Marsh. 2013 was Mike Petke bringing in the first uh, trophy for the Red Bulls slash Metro Stars organization uh, in that big 5-2 victory over the Chicago Fire at Red Bull Arena. Um, And Cardick, uh, the last time that I was actually with Grant in the same press room, in the press box, 2019... Uh, friendly against Mexico at MetLife Stadium um, a month after my father passed. And, you know, we're having a conversation with him and, of course, Roberto Abramovitz and uh, and uh, told him about my father passing. You know, Grant, what a heart that he has. He was very, very um, comforting and, you know, condolences to me and after my father died, uh, you know, what a great heart he has, not just as a soccer writer and the caring of covering the sport, but as a human being altogether. Yeah, I, I can give you a very recent example of that, which was uh, uh, my friend Neil Blackman. He, he lost his father in October, and uh, this two months ago. And uh, one of the first people to call Neil 
Neil called me to tell me, so I can, you know, I, 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 so that was a little different, but he put out on social media, this has happened to him, you know, his father's passed. And one of the first people to call him was Grant Wall, who picked up the phone on a Saturday morning when he had games to cover that, uh, that afternoon and that evening. And, uh, made this phone call to Neil Blackman and said, you know, and gave him his condolences. That, that's what a human being he was. That's what a great human being, what, what a great heart he had. And I can give you other examples of that, which we're not going to drone on about this, but uh, he, he did that regularly. He did it with me one time many years ago. Uh, just a great heart, great human being, um, and someone who I think felt his responsibility as a custodian of, of this beautiful game and growing the game and, and, and the soccer community in, uh, in, in, in this country. I, I, I should mention this when I was the vice president of North American soccer reporter uh, a few years back, uh, John Tannenwald, our, our good friend was the president. I served under uh, Jonathan. Uh, Grant was always there uh, for me, even though he wasn't on the board, he was just, you know, a member at that point, but was always there for me. If I had a question, if I had, some sort of because NASR we would get into these kinds of things with uh, and it was funny because I had been a press officer myself so I kind of understood it from that perspective but we would get into these sorts of things with uh, with, with, with with clubs and with leagues and with people on the other side of the desk who were trying to limit access or or, or um, you know rough us up so he was always there. If I said, hey, is it appropriate if I talk to, I mean, I'm just throwing out a hypothetical here. If I sort of talk to Dan Kortmach about this, or should I talk to the team, or if you're someone else in this particular team, uh, Jonathan or I should address this with. So, I mean, just always there for us. And, um, I, I mean, there's just so much we could talk for hours about about uh, him uh, in, in, in this manner. But uh, your example of when your father died, and I remember that well, in fact, um, you know, you were supposed to cover um, uh, uh, the um, um, the NPSL final that weekend, right? When your father died, and I, I, I we ended up, um, I, I came, I flew back from New York, and, and you were flying from Fort Lauderdale to New York. So remember, we've been at the airport for a couple hours. I, uh, I flew yep. in, and, and, and you flew out, and and we, uh, I, when I landed, I just stayed at the airport for a couple hours until you left. But that that was um, such a such a difficult time for you, and I, I really appreciate the fact that Grant came up to you in the press box, which would have been the next game you covered because the, the game you were supposed to cover that weekend, obviously your father passed um, and did that. But that was Grant Wall. That's who he was. Gentlemen, it's time for final thoughts about Grant. Um, we'll go with Michael first, and then we go to Kardik. Uh Boy, uh, I'll try to uh, put it into the best way possible. Um, he was a friend, a colleague, um, a great writer, great human being, um, someone I could joke around with, um, someone I could take criticism from, which he didn't really met that much out, but uh, um, if he ever said anything about my writing, I definitely would, would listen. Usually it was probably more positive than, than negative than anything else. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I hate to use the cliche that he's going to be missed, but he is going to be missed he's missed already um i i i know well it's difficult to believe that he is gone at such an early age i think he had so much more to offer um the sports world the soccer world and uh just my um, deepest sympathies and condolences to his family and to Celine as well too because uh I guess we'll find out how much he's going to be missed over the next several weeks, months, and years. Kardik? Yeah, similarly, um, a friend, a colleague, a mentor to a certain extent, um, and someone who did so much to grow the sport in this country, someone who I think also, quite honestly, uh, outside of – you know, maybe Taylor Twelman, maybe he's, he's, he's on this list with Grant, uh, has done more to grow the sport among uh, fans of other sports. Uh, one thing I want to mention in closing is that Grant would never miss a chance to talk about soccer with a mainstream audience, to go on 
a documentary that was being filmed by a, by a filmmaker and, and sit for an interview for that documentary because that would reach an audience bigger than us, right? Uh, to go on a CBS show or a CNN show to talk about the beautiful game or talk about uh, corrupt, even the corruption around the beautiful game because that would reach a bigger audience. He was a pioneer. He was uh, one of a kind. And, yes, I, 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 I hate to use the same cliches Michael did, but he is going to be missed, and, and he – it's someone that uh, I'll just leave it uh, on this. He was a giant in this sport, in this country. And uh, uh, you don't grow Grant Walls on trees. You know, he, he's a very, very special person and, and he will be missed. And my final thought is this, you know, for those of us who have been hoping to break through into the uh, sports new industry and the sports journalism department, and if you were in the same press room, press box with Grant Wall, whether it be for a U.S. national team match, men or women, or if he is covering MLS Cup final, a U.S. Open Cup final, or any other type of tournament involving this game, you were lucky enough to be in a room with greatness. And at the same time, you were lucky enough to learn from him and try to take some of the teachings that he would give and add it to your own. I try to do that with everyone who I talk with, whether it be with Michael. Of course, Michael, our uh, former colleagues like Frank Jace and Jack Bell and, of course, Michael Lewis and so on, even Ives Gallersep. Well, technically, because he's my college buddy, but that's another story. Uh, uh, <laughs> But, um, you know, you try to take everyone's uh, teachings or what you've learned from them and you try to incorporate it into your own. So he'll definitely be missed. But Michael Kardick, on a solemn day and a sad moment, thank you so much for your time. As always, I appreciate you coming on the show to talk about the passing of, unfortunately, of Grant Wall, and uh, hope to talk to all of you soon. And Cardick will talk to you next week about this World Cup performance by Fox. So, um, gentlemen, thank you again for your time, and I'll talk thank to you again you. soon. If I don't speak to you again, happy holidays to all of you, and happy New Year. Hey, listen, thank thanks you. for having. Yes, thank you, uh, thank you for having me on, and uh, happy holidays to you and everyone out there. Yep, same here. Happy holidays, and thank you again, Daniel, for giving us this opportunity to talk about Grant's life. Absolutely. Why not? The man was fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this will do it for tonight's show. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, once again, thank you to Michael Lewis of Front Row Soccer as well as New York Newsday, and thank you to Carter Krishnari from World Soccer Talk. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you for listening to, to, to me and to my col and my colleagues tonight. Talk to you on Friday night as we'll preview the final qualifying round of the 2023 U.S. Open Cup. As always, enjoy your football. And once again, sad news of Grant Wall untimely passing at the age of 48, 49 years old. Have a good night. Take care so long. And bye-bye for now.